1: And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show, a special crossover episode. We'll be joined a little bit later by John Chick of Locked On Rangers as we prepare you for the big home-and-home series between these two teams, and yes, these games are now crucial. Today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. So, before we get to the uh, crossover episode with John Chick, ...of Locked On Rangers. Wanted to just go over a few things. Still waiting for more of an update on Simeon Varlamov... ...and when he'll be available. Whether or not Varley will be in goal tonight... uh, ...against the Rangers or not remains to be seen... ...but we'll keep you updated as soon as we know something... ...so check the Twitter feed. And uh, we are also going to give you three reasons... ...why it's way too soon to panic... ...as far as the Islanders' poor play as of late. It's so easy to get lost in the moment and get worried and get upset and and concerned and yeah there's reason to be uh concerned but not reason to panic and this is a good hockey team and I think they'll be fine. Uh we'll also have our Islanders birthday of the day as well and then we'll go straight into the crossover episode. If there's something Islanders related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss Feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Morton, on Twitter, at Ice wars N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders game. So, a few thoughts right now, and yes, the Islanders have been struggling offensively for quite some time now, and it's been difficult really to watch, and I I think, you know, you look at it, it's been three games since the Islanders have scored a five-on-five goal, and in seven of their last 11 games, they have one goal or less, Uh, Five on five. So, over the long run, that's not going to get it done. But here's three reasons why it's way too soon to panic. Number one, the Islanders have two outstanding goaltenders who will keep them in every game, which means that if you score three goals or more, sometimes even two, you have a very good chance of winning the hockey game. So, this team needs more offense, but they don't need to win games. Five to three or six to four, they're gonna win games three to two, two to one, one to nothing, and that overall means that the tweak that they need is not an overhaul; it's a tweak, and that is a good thing. Number two, there's too much talent on this team for them to slump for that long. You have a situation where you've got Anthony Bevilier, Josh Bailey, Matthew Barzal, Jordan Eberle, Brock Nelson. Kyle Palmieri, uh, a lot of players, Nick Letty, who are capable of putting the puck in the net. And, you know, how long is Matt Barzal going to slump? He's not going to go 12 games without a goal all that often. Oliver Wallstrom is due. Uh, Bailey is due. Bavillier certainly capable of a lot more. This team has the ability to get the job done, and that is a good thing. And then I think the third. Reason not to panic. You got a, a, a great coach right now in Barry Trotz, and Trotz is going to figure out the right combinations for this team to maximize what he did. And you remember the playoffs last year. Before they went into the bubble, before COVID shut things down, the Islanders were also in a slump, struggling to score goals, struggling to play their brand of hockey. And then once the playoffs started. They got healthy, and they picked up their game to another level. Players like Bailey and Bevilier really improved, and at the end of the day, the Islanders went on the long playoff run. So, don't doubt this team. Yeah, there are issues, but I think they're in good hands, and I think they're good enough that the Islanders are capable of beating any team in the East Division and uh, getting that job done. Quickly for our Islanders birthday of the day, want to wish a very happy 41st birthday to former Islanders defenseman Matthew Biron. He made his NHL debut with the Islanders in 1999-2000, playing 60 games for the Isles that year, four goals, eight points, was part of the Isles again in 2000-2001 before being shipped off to the Lightning later played for the Panthers, Capitals, and then finished his career in Europe. Uh, originally drafted by the L.A. Kings, 21st overall. That was in the first round back in 1998, uh, and he is a native of Lac-Saint-Charles in Quebec. So we're going to go back quickly and remember one of uh, Mathieu Beron's better games with the Islanders, January 29, 2000, at the Shark Tank in San Jose. Islanders taking on the San Jose Sharks. Roberto Luongo in goal for the Isles against Steve Shields for the Sharks. And it was the Islanders getting on the board first. In fact, they scored two goals in the first two minutes of this game. Uh, And in, in actuality, Steve Shields finished this game. But Evgeny Nabokov was actually the starting goaltender, future New York Islander. Uh, Claude Lapointe got the Islanders on the board just 40 seconds in. Gino Ojik and Kenny Janssen with the assists. And then Dmitry Nabokov, his second of the year. Also, Kenny Janssen, and this time Dave Scatcherd with the helpers. That one at 157. And right off the bat, it's 2-0 Islanders. But the Sharks did climb back into the game. Patrick Marlowe is 12th from Owen Nolan. Midway through the first period made it 2-1 after 20 minutes. And in the second period, Gary Souter, his fifth from Owen Nolan and Brad Stewart at 14.43. That was it for regulation time. It was a 2-2 game, and it headed to overtime. But in the overtime period, Vincent Damfoos called for holding the stick. And our Islanders' birthday of the day, Matthew Biron, comes through with the overtime game winner, his second of the year, Marius Tchaikovsky and Jamie Rivers with the Helpers Islanders. Win on the West Coast, beating the San Jose Sharks 3 2, and the big game winning goal for our Islanders' birthday of the day. So we wish Mathieu Beran uh, a very happy 41st and many, many happy more. When we come back, we will have our crossover episode with John Chick of Locked On Rangers as we preview the two games between the teams and talk about the state of the Islanders, the state of the Rangers, and where both teams are going from here. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, this episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings that are sure... To bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, ten female design masters have produced a uniquely beautiful ring. They're ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, and they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on Blue Nile.com. Just search the words ten by ten. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight. And it's fairly priced, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're in the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com.
0: All right, welcome back Ranger fans and Islander fans. We have a special crossover episode for you guys today. This is John Chick with Lockdown New York Rangers joined by Gil Martin of Lockdown New York Islanders. Gil, how are we doing today, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? Feeling pretty good, man. Got to go to Madison Square Garden and see the Rangers pick up a 6-3 win against the Buffalo Sabres over the weekend. The Rangers have won 7 out of 9 and they're at least making it interesting down the stretch here as far as the playoff race is concerned.
2: Yeah, Highlanders, unfortunately, hitting a bit of a rough patch, losing uh, all three games against the Capitals, uh, 0-2-1 in that uh, three-game set that was going to be a first-place uh, showdown, but uh, looking to regroup and trying to clinch a playoff spot with seven games remaining on the schedule.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. You know, the Ranger, or excuse me, the Islanders, rather, really in a crazy spot right now, you know, currently in third place, and I, I feel like it's possible they could finish anywhere from first to fifth. You know, I, I really think... Anything could could happen as far as where they are in the standings right now. But, I mean, how are you holding up through this whole playoff chase, man? I mean, are, are you at all nervous for this stretch run, or do you think the Islanders will get it together, win enough games, and, uh, you know, find their way into the postseason here? I have to say both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean,
2: uh, nervous, yeah, just because the team hasn't been playing well, especially since the trade deadline. But really, since Anders Lee was uh, lost for the season with the injury, Uh, But I I am confident that a team with the goaltending and defense that the Islanders have will win enough games to at least get into the playoffs and, and may have some
0: advantages once the playoffs get underway because of the style of hockey that they play. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Anders Lee briefly there. I was going to ask you about that a little bit later, but I mean, I figure what the hey, we might as well just get into it right now uh, with him being out for the season. And again, I I think I already kind of know the answer to this question. But I mean, how much has that impacted the Islanders? You know, obviously uh, being without one of their absolute best players.
2: Yeah, it's been a big impact. I mean, first of all, you, you look right now, Matt Barzal has gone about, what, 12 games without scoring a goal. If Anders Lee is with him, that's not really going to happen. And then you add to the fact that they just don't have the leadership and chemistry that they had. I mean, Lee wasn't just their leading goal scorer. He's also their captain and they really do need his leadership.
0: Yeah, I hear you, man. I mean, it was kind of the same deal for the Rangers when Panarin was going through what he went through earlier this season. I believe the final count was 11 games, but, I mean, I don't have to tell you this. I probably don't have to tell anybody who pays any attention to the NHL this. But, I mean, the impact could really be felt just up and down the lineup. Obviously, the power play wasn't nearly as dangerous without him out there. When you lose somebody like that, and, you know, Panarin's definitely in a little bit of a leadership role uh, for the Rangers as well. You lose somebody that, like that, and it, it just kind of has a ripple effect up and down the entire lineup.
2: Absolutely. And I think if Panarin would have been available for every game this year, I think the Rangers are probably looking at a playoff spot.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, 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 the thing is, it just kills you to not know that, you know what I mean? Like how many more of those games yeah. could we have won, where would we be? Would we be ahead of the Bruins? Would we be ahead of the Islanders? Would be, would we be right where we're at? Uh, there's no way to really know for sure, but you know, something I wanted to ask you about the Islanders and it's something that if there's any issue overall that this team has, I think we can probably agree that it's scoring goals or rather, you know, struggling to score goals. You know, they had that recent right. six goal outburst against the Rangers, but beyond that, really having problems putting the puck in the net recently. I mean, do you feel like they have enough firepower? Are there guys that can step up and, uh, you know, carry the team offensively, at least give them enough offensively that, you know, they're a serious threat come playoff time? Yeah, I
2: I think they have enough firepower, but it really takes, like, all of the players. You look back at last year's playoff run, and certain guys stepped up, Barzal stepped up, Uh, Josh Bailey had 20 points in 22 playoff games. I think 18 of them were assists, but he stepped up. Anthony Bevilier took his game to a different level in the playoffs. So you need guys to get hot at the right time. And the, the reason for optimism is you have two strong goalies, good team defense, and a coach who has won a Stanley Cup and knows, you know, what it takes. So can they turn it back on at the right time? It's possible, but the longer they slump, the more concerned, obviously, you get.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know, you mentioned the goalies, obviously, Sorokin, Varlamov, both having great seasons. Varlamov has kind of established himself as something of a Ranger killer this season, so I wanted to ask you about him. I mean, are we going to be seeing, are the Rangers going to be seeing Varlamov uh, on Thursday and or on Saturday? I mean, do you think the Islanders could and maybe even should continue to roll with him for these games against the, against the Rangers, given how much success that he's had against the Rangers this season?
2: I would think they will if he's available. Now, he was a late scratch uh, on Tuesday against Washington, and according to Barry Trotz, it was just soreness, and I'll put that in air quotes if you like. (laughs) So if Varlamov is available, yeah, I would go with him. He has played exceptionally well against the Islanders. Uh, Similarly, you know, I would think that the Rangers may go with Georgiev because he's been an Islander killer a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, that you were leading me right into that there, man. That's the next thing I was going to talk about. But yeah, I mean, I'm all for Alex Georgiev of getting another start. Uh, he has played very sporadically down the stretch this season for the Rangers. It's mostly been the Igor Shosturkin show. And on my podcast, I've kind of been kind of the one almost kind of leading that charge, uh, saying that I think Igor Shosturkin needs to be the workhorse down the stretch. He gives the Rangers the best chance to win, et cetera, et cetera. But. Alex Georgiev, even though he's played very sparingly recently, he's also played very well in his last five starts. He's allowed a total of just seven goals. So, you know, and then doing that under, you know, difficult circumstances because he plays so sporadically. And like you said, I mean, he just, for whatever reason, one reason or another, and I know this is something we've talked about before in the past, Gil, but he just, has the Islanders number. He just seems to own them. And if there's one team that Igor Shosturkin, I mean, it's not like the Islanders light him up every single time that they play the Rangers, but if there's one team that Igor Shosturkin maybe has scuffled against a little bit so far in his career, I think it's the Islanders. So when you put all that together, uh, I would love to see Alex Georgiev get a start tomorrow night, and then uh, we'll see what happens. And, you know, maybe even you go back to him on Saturday. If if there's a situation where Georgiev goes out there and stops 37 to 38 shots and the Rangers win 2 to 1, what the, hey, give him another shot against the Islanders on Saturday as well.
2: Wanted to also ask you about Adam Fox. I mean, here is a guy with 42 assists leading the Rangers, and and there has been some Norris Trophy talk that he may be a candidate or at least uh, one of the nominees. Your thoughts about Fox and how big of a difference does he make for this Rangers team, especially
0: on the power play? I mean, he's absolutely fantastic, and I was joking on my show a couple episodes ago. You know, last year I felt like Artemi Panarin – Maybe got snubbed for the heart just because it's most valuable player and not necessarily the absolute best player. And, you know, he doesn't end up winning that. And then we also had I thought Adam Fox should have at least been uh, one of the three nominees for the Calder. And there were other great nominees. Don't get me wrong. But I thought he at least should have gotten a nominee for it. And this year I was joking, man, if, if Adam Fox is not only nominated, but if he doesn't win the Norris this season that I might be done. I might boycott the NHL awards, man. I might be done talking about this because to me, he is far and away the best goalie in the NHL. I uh, just makes a tremendous impact on the Rangers. And they recently uh, had to kind of do a little bit of shuffling on their blue line. Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren compliment each other very well. Cause Fox, I mean, he's this fantastic dynamic two-way defenseman. I've been saying, I think he might be the best defenseman on the Rangers since Brian Leach. And I, I realize that's high praise, but I think we really might be at that point. But he's been out there with Ryan Lindgren, who's kind of an old school throwback kind of player. He's built for Ranger Islander games, man. I mean, you you know, it can get a little bit chippy (laughs) out there. And, uh, you know, those two are usually those two are usually together. But with the recent injury to Jacob Truba, they've split the two of them up. And now Libor Hayek is getting a chance to play with Adam Fox. And I think Hayek has done well in taking advantage of the opportunity. But, you know, it's funny. You hear about like forwards occasionally, how they'll lift the play guys around them. I think Adam Fox does that, both with whoever his defensive partner is and also with the forwards that he's out there with, particularly on the power play. Yeah,
2: and that, those are the kind of players that you need. The, 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 the greatest players in hockey make the, the players they play with better. And, and, you know, the way you're describing Fox, it sounds like he's rapidly fitting into that category.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he's been just fantastic this season. He's almost at an assist per game, which is just crazy to think about for any player, let alone a defenseman.
1: All right, we'll have more of my conversation with John Chick of Locked On Rangers, this special crossover episode, when we return. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront, so why endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counter person orders the parts on his or her computer using only the brands that his or her warehouse happens to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket rockauto.com is a family business they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers best of all rock the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low And they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. They have everything your car needs, from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, or even a new carpet. And whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks, and they'll deliver it directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL season may be over, but the NBA and NHL are headed toward the playoffs, baseball is in full swing, and the NFL Draft is coming up tonight. BetOnline even covers things like awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They'll give you real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's absolutely free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That means they'll give you free money to place more bets when you use the promo code On. So go to BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And now more of my conversation with Locked On Rangers' John Chick.
0: I want to also ask you about, you know, if if the Islanders do make the playoffs, you know, we touched on the goalie situation a little bit. Um, are you cool with them uh, kind of going with a little bit of a hot hand approach? Because I was looking at the stats today, and I noticed Varlamov has made 30 starts, Sorokin's made 19. Uh, do they have to pick one guy or the other, or can they kind of alternate or just go with the hot hand? I mean, just kind of give me a feel for what that could be like in the playoffs, if uh, if you could.
2: I think, you know, Barry Trotz tends to trust veterans. And Mm -hmm. even though uh, Sorokin has experience in the KHL and he won the championship there and he was the most valuable goalie, this is still his first NHL season. So I get the feeling Varlamov, if he's healthy, will get the call. But I think that if he falters, if he has a bad game or two, that Barry Trotz wouldn't hesitate to go to Sorokin. He is Gaining confidence in Sorokin almost every start that he has. I mean, look, you even go back to Tuesday night's one nothing loss to the Capitals. The Islanders were thoroughly outplayed in that game. And right. the only reason it was one nothing is because of how well Ilya Sorokin played for the New York Islanders. So I, I think that Varlamov will get the start unless he's not healthy and ready to go. But Barry Trotz wouldn't hesitate to call on Sorokin if, if uh, Varlamov stumbles and he would have complete confidence in in going with him. And and if Sorokin plays well, he may stick with the hot hand, as you implied.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. And uh, something else I need to ask you about, you know, the trade deadline, one of the more notable transactions really across the entire league was you guys picking up Kyle Palmieri, Travis Zajac from the Devils. Uh, How have those two guys been working out for the Islanders? And also, did it take a little while to get used to actually rooting for these guys rather than rooting against them as division (laughs) opponents?
2: Uh, a little bit, yes. Uh, in answer to your second question, it's it's been a struggle for them so far. Uh, Barry Trotz hasn't really found the right line combination. He has tried both Palmieri and Zajac on the top line with Barzal and Eberly with not such great results. Uh, overall, both. I mean, Zajac was actually a healthy scratch for one game. Palmieri has struggled to to sort of find his game. And you have seven regular season games left to try to figure out the right line combinations and get this team ready for the play,
0: yeah, it's kind of a delicate situation to be in when a team is struggling to score goals because I feel like it's a situation where if the offense is stagnant, then there's pressure on the coach to kind of uh you know make some changes. But by that same token, if they are a little bit too trigger happy and they're constantly shuffling the deck, then you kind of hear it from the other way. It's like, well, you're not giving these guys enough time to build chemistry so I mean, it's really a tough situation to be in when when your team is struggling to uh, score goals.
2: It is, and and look, to, in my mind, uh, assuming that the Islanders don't have a complete collapse, you have seven games left to figure out the right line combinations and to get the team ready for the playoffs. And I'll say this: if Palmieri and Zajac don't register another point in the regular season, but they're strong in the playoffs and the Islanders go on a long playoff run, no one will remember the regular season, poor performances at all. On the flip side, if they get red hot during these last seven games and do nothing in the playoffs, everyone will be very disappointed that this was a terrible trade and didn't work out. So at the end of the day, they have to be ready for the postseason and perform well there. Otherwise, this deal is not going to go down as a good one.
0: Yeah, I hear you, man. And, you know, speaking of disappointed, I uh, finally – was brave enough to look up the Islanders' schedule the rest of the way this season because, obviously, you know, the Rangers at this point, it looks like they got to either pass the Bruins or the Islanders. I don't think they're really within striking distance of the other two teams in the top four there. But I looked at the Islanders' schedule, and in May, you guys have a four-game stretch, two games at Buffalo, two games at home against New Jersey. So that really kind of bummed me out. But, I mean, do you think that the Islanders might be able to take advantage of, uh, you know, what is – as close to an easy chunk of the schedule as you're going to get this season and, uh, you know, kind of rediscover the magic, so to speak?
2: They have to. I mean, yeah. uh, if you can't get, you know, if you're playing two games against New Jersey and two games against Buffalo this year, no no offense to fans of those teams, but they're struggling. And yep. if you can't get, you know, at least uh, out of those uh, four games, if you can't get at least six points, you're in trouble. You yep. you don't deserve to make the playoffs if you can't do that. So. Obviously, it'll be important. And look, the Islanders, even when they lost Anders Lee and were struggling uh, to score goals, they did manage to find ways to beat the Buffaloes and New Jerseys of the world. So they've got to be able to do that again if they're going to make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, anytime the calendar turns over, I kind of look ahead to, you know, what's coming up. For the Rangers, you know, who are we playing? Are we at home? Are we on the road? Are we played this team a couple of times, this, that, and the other thing? And as soon as the calendar flipped to April, I mean, I already knew, you know, when the schedule initially dropped this season, that the Rangers were going to play that four game set against the Devils. They were going to play them four times in six days. But then I also noticed when we got to April this year, oh, wow, we've also got four games against the Buffalo Sabres. And, you know, again, like you said, Gil, there's no disrespect to any fans of either one of those teams, but facts are facts. They are far and away the two weakest teams in the division this year. And so I saw that as a huge opportunity. It was like, man, like, if we're going to make a run at this thing, like, we really have to take care of business against those two teams. And lo and behold, the Rangers go 7-0-1 in those eight games combined. And, you know, people can scoff at that and say, oh, well, it's the Sabres, it's the Devils, you better beat them. But you know what? These are still professional hockey teams. And going 7-0-1 against anybody is impressive. I don't care if it's the NHL or wee hockey.
2: Oh, absolutely. Look, and good teams win the games they're supposed to win. So, you know, you you, you can go out there and beat the defending Stanley Cup champions or the team that's in first place in your division. But if you then give back those two points against the last place team, you know, you're going to be in the middle and you're not going
0: anywhere. Yeah, I'm with you, man. And I do have uh, one other favorite to ask. We'll get into some predictions for for these two games coming up as well. But I'm also seeing, you know, one of Boston's two. It's a really unique situation for the Rangers because, they close the regular season with two games against the Bruins. And at first glance, that's a good thing because this is one of the teams that they're chasing. They don't have to worry about a team like the Sabres hopefully beating the Bruins. They can just kind of handle business themselves. Grant, beating the Bruins twice is a lot easier said than done. But, you know, after the Rangers and Bruins play those two games, the Bruins have a game uh, at home against the Islanders, a makeup game on that Monday. So, Gil, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a favor. Let's have the Islanders get a win there. Can the Islanders do that for the Rangers? I know that, you know, Ranger and Islander fans don't always get along, but can you help us out there? Uh, Look, I hope the
2: Islanders can do it, and the game may mean something for the Islanders, whether it's who they play in the playoffs or home ice advantage in the first round. Uh, It it could have a lot of meaning depending on where they are at that point. So, uh, you know, it could be a win-win situation for both of our fan bases. And, hey, when when do the Ranger fans ever root for the Islanders again? I mean, uh, that would be very rare.
0: Pretty much never O'Clock, but I think we can make an exception if uh, that's a situation where you guys can do us a favor. But who knows? I mean, you know, we've seen crazier things happen. We might get to that situation and I might have to root for the Bruins against the Islanders. You never know what can happen. Uh, And, you know, with the Rangers being a Ranger fan this year, it's so tough because, you know, there was a stat, I think, since March 17th, the Rangers actually have more points than any other team in the NHL. Now, granted, a couple of the teams that are one and two points behind them, they might have like two games in hand, maybe even three games in hand, but you get the idea. They're one of the hottest teams in the NHL. And now we're down to s- just six games remaining, which is crazy to think about in and of itself. But man, yeah. I-, I just hope this is a situation where the Rangers don't just run out of time because I really do feel like they are good enough to be a playoff team. And this is something else that, that drove me crazy to t- say too. I looked at the NHL standings from around the league. If the Rangers are in any other division, they're in either third or fourth place right now and pretty much just in oh, total yeah. control. So, I mean, this Eastern Division has been crazy, man, and uh, I expect nothing less the final week or week and a half, whatever's left in the season here. Yeah, it'll be
2: an exciting finish, no question about that. And I'll throw this in to the pot before we sign off. The Islanders and the Rangers have not met in the playoffs since 1994. It's right. time. We're due. Yeah. It, would, it would be so intense for hockey fans in this area to have those two teams... Go at go at it head to head in a playoff situation. I would love to see it happen, whether it's the first round or the second round. We're due, we're due, yeah. And uh, and we would have
0: a heck of a lot of fun doing some crossovers if that ever happened. Oh yeah, man. I think we'd have to do maybe like a post game show after every single game. And given that it's Rangers Islanders, I mean, you got to believe it's going at least six or seven games. I will say uh, the one thing I've kind of picked up on this season: the Islanders are a tough matchup. I mean, look, if, if the Rangers make the playoffs, beggars can't be choosers they'll probably be in fourth place. I'll play whoever the Rangers have to play. It is what it is, but that is a tough matchup for the Rangers right now, because what kind of manifests in this game, in these games between these two teams is the Islanders, you know, as you know, Gil, they're not going to take any unnecessary risks and the Rangers, I think it kind of frustrates them a little bit. And then it gets to a situation where they try to do too much. You know, they try to make a pass through a sea of bodies. It results in a turnover. The Islanders go the other way. And like the counterpunchers that they are, they make the Rangers pay for a mistake. And, it's been tough, and uh, that kind of leads me into uh, asking for your prediction, man. You got anything uh, to throw out there for these upcoming two games here?
2: I do. I think that uh, I think the teams
0: split, but
2: that the Islanders win in regulation and the Rangers win in overtime. So I think that the
0: Islanders will get three out of four possible points in these next two games. Fair enough. I'm going to say something kind of similar. I think it will be a split. I think at least one of the games goes into overtime. I'm not going to specify which one right now, but I also get the feeling these are, these are both going to be one goal games, barring like an empty netter. I'm not counting an empty netter, but I think they're both going right. to be tense, fairly low scoring down to the wire games. And I think it's imperative for the Rangers to just not get frustrated in this game and not try to do too much. If you're scoreless through one period and you haven't created a lot of scoring opportunities, that's fine. You're still in the game. Same thing after two periods. If it's, you know, still scoreless or it's 1-1 after two periods, that's fine too. What you can't do is just start taking risks and turning the puck over and giving the Islanders chance to, you know, sort of counterpunch. Because I will tell you, Gil, when the Rangers are trailing the Islanders 2-0, like, it feels like they're down 5-0. And I don't feel that way against any other team in this Eastern division because the Rangers can score. You know, you always feel like they can come back. But man, when you start falling into a deficit against the Islanders, it feels like a really daunting task to come back.
2: Well, the Islanders make you work. And like you said, they take advantage of other teams' mistakes and they force you to make those mistakes. And once you start pressing, when you're down a couple of goals, it gets that much harder because you're more likely to make those mistakes and the Islanders will pounce on it. So, you know, one thing about the Islanders, even when they're struggling offensively, they are a difficult team to play against. And, you know, in a, in a playoff series, they can, they can wear you down a little bit because of that. So uh, these should be two really good games. I agree with you. I think they'll be pretty low scoring, all things considered. And uh, I'm also going to make a little prediction. I think Matt Martin gets into a little extracurricular something or other at some point during these two games with a member of the Rangers. I, I'll leave it up to you to pick which Ranger that will be.
0: I will say maybe Brendan Smith because he's kind of, uh, you know, he he's had a strong second half to the season here. He's an impending free agent, and there's kind of a debate as to whether the Rangers could look to re-sign him or not. But uh, you know he's somebody who's going to go out there. He's going to throw his weight around. He's going to stand up for teammates. He will fight if the occasion calls for it. And he's kind of really embraced. You know, we mentioned the Truba injury earlier. Uh, Brendan Smith right now has more career NHL games played than the other five Ranger defensemen combined, and it's really not even close. And he's really kind of wow. embraced this big brother role. So yeah, I think if uh, I think if the gloves come off, and we haven't seen a ton of that this year between the Rangers and Islanders, but I think if the gloves come off, there's a very very good chance that Brendan Smith could be involved in it. Fair enough. Yeah. But, uh, hey, Gil, listen, man, this was a ton of fun like it always is. And, um, yeah, we'll have to do this again somewhere down the stretch, and hopefully we get that playoff matchup that we've been kind of gunning for here.
2: Don, always a pleasure. Thanks for doing this with me. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to see it. I'd absolutely
0: love to see it. All right, good stuff. And uh, Ranger fans, Islander fans, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. All right. Thanks to John Chick from Locked On Rangers for that. That's going to do
1: it for today's episode. Don't forget, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. So follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Don't forget, we'll be back tomorrow with a full recap and analysis of the Rangers-Islanders game, plus a preview of this weekend's contests and a whole lot more. So, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!